0: This week on the VergeCast, Alex Kranz and Tom Warren join the show. We talk about the iPhone reviews. It's the 13 and the 13 Pro, the iPad mini review, preview, iOS 15, and all of the things Microsoft announced, including a new Surface Pro 8, the Surface Laptop Studio, and the Surface Duo 2. That's coming up on the VergeCast now.
1: Support for the podcast comes from Canva. Presenting to a group of your colleagues can be nerve-wracking, so why not ease some of that anxiety with Canva? Thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and that's it. You're done. It's a serious time saver. Whatever you do for work, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at Canva.com, designed for work.
2: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Hello and welcome to VergeCast,
0: the flagship podcast of widgets on the home screen by New Prog Rock Band. Check out our first album, streaming now. Is that a better band name or album name? My instinct is that it's a band name.
3: I think that's an album name for sure. I think it's an album name.
0: Okay, self-titled first album. Everyone agrees. I'm your friend, Nei Dieter is here. I'm too tired to have a good nickname this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dieter's been working hard. That charming British voice you heard is uh, Brexit himself, Tom Warren. Why, hello there. Alex Francis is here. Hi, Alex.
4: I'm an EMR stylist. An
0: EMR stylist is that what we
4: said? Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's good. I like it. All right. You know that me that could also mean like you're an, an electronic medical record stylist. Like it could go another. <laughs> oh my way. god.
4: No, I'm not. I'm not into anybody's records today. <laughs> just, just I just want the the smoothest, nicest stylist writing possible.
0: Smooth. All right. It is. Uh, it's fall hardware season. It's here in extreme force. It's iPhone review week which Dieter did both of the reviews this year. iOS 15, there's an iPad mini. Dieter did that review. Heim did the iOS 15 review. Yep. He escaped one. And then there was a Microsoft event. A bunch of new Surface devices. Dieter did a bunch of hands-on videos. You can see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Dieter's a very sleepy man. But we should talk about it all. We talked about the iPhone kind of at length last week after the event. As always in that conversation, we're like, well, we got to wait for the review. Mm-hmm. Dieter, I would say the re- the reviews came. They did. I-, I have the Pro Max, and you have all all twenty five iPhones. <laughs> Four, but yes. <laughs> Let's start with the, uh, the the babies, the regulars. Yes. Yeah. I would say just in the process of trying to figure out a headline for this review, I learned more about the phone because <laughs> <laughs> we were Sorry. like iPhone thirteen review colon, and then we were kind of like another iPhone, the iPhone again. Yep. <laughs> Here's the iPhone. You know it. Now maybe you'll like it better. Like it's, it is the smallest of upgrades, except for the camera, which we can talk about. But it is a very familiar
3: product at this point. It's a very familiar product. The hard time I had with it is to just say, "Oh, it's an incremental upgrade." Oh, they updated the the camera and they made the battery life better. Like that's the sort of thing you hear it and you move right on, right? But mm-hmm. no, no, the batteries are better <laughs> and yeah. the camera is better. And last year it was very good to begin with. Um, so it's this sort of weird thing where if you have an iPhone 12, you should not buy this. Just don't. You're, you're fine. You're good. You're cool. Unless the battery life is a real problem, I do not recommend the upgrade. It is noticeably better, but I don't think it's like year over year. You should spend the extra money better. If you're a year over year kind of upgrader, one, maybe you don't need to be. But two, like, come, be honest with yourself. Why aren't you getting the Pro, right? But for anybody that's earlier than a 12, maybe an 11, definitely a 10R, 10S, 10, uh, you are going to have uh, just a wonderful time if you upgrade to this phone. Yeah, I think we, we should. Talk, do you want to start with the batteries, or the cameras? I'll start with the batteries. It's pretty simple. Apple uh, told us many stories about how the new A15 Bionic processor was uh, more power efficient, and how they, you know, they rearranged all the parts and whatever inside the phone. Uh, the long and the short of it is they made the batteries bigger. Um, I think Mitchell Clark has the article up that like actually gives you the percentages, so that's been calculated. Um, but Apple's claim is the iPhone, regular iPhone 13 gets, I believe, two and a half hours more of use. And the smaller iPhone mini gets one and a half hours more of use. We talked a little bit about this last week, but we're in a weird place with like the way that everybody's talking about batteries. We're like in the slow transition from like everyone knows that milliamps isn't great and we should be talking about watt hours. We're in the slow transition from everyone provides some kind of benchmark number to they'll give you video rundown numbers to now hours better Mm -hmm. because Apple and both Microsoft, which we'll get into, uh, when you ask about battery life, like, well, we just, we collect telemetry on how long our battery lasts from all of our customers. And then we like average it out. We figure out like how long we think the battery lasts. And then when we make a new thing, we make sure that we beat that by a certain amount. And so the the claim to test is hours better, but hours better means nothing unless you have the thing that it's hours better than. Right. And so their claim is it's hours better for you. Yeah which I mean, I, like i don't well, for for like a, a average customer that isn't doing anything too you know intense but doing more than just hanging out and watching movies cuz like the video rundown spec is i don't know it's like 20 hours or something ridiculous yeah.
0: <laughs> well I, what i what i mean by for you is that i mean conceptually this is difficult right but what they what they're saying is we've collected all of this usage data we've turned it into a model that model represents some average customer. And now we think the average customer is going to get X, X additional battery life. Yeah. If you run the same usage model and theoretically you, the individual is somehow captured in that. So even if you're kind of like at the upper or lower bound of the usage model, you're still getting the benefit, but it is impossible to test this
3: claim, right? Because we don't have their data we yeah. don't run their models. Yeah, no. The models uh, result in an I- the average iPhone lasts Bezos hours. Yeah.
0: I don't know. We, we, we talk, we, when we started The Verge, you remember this? We had a battery test. We did. We, like, coded up a thing. God, I remember that thing. It, this thing did not work. This was Joanna Stern's baby. <laughs> and it was basically, like, you would go to a web page and click Go, and then it would just, like, load and scroll web pages and,
5: until a battery died. It would load, like, eBay and CNN and Yahoo for, like, an hour. And it, yeah. it eventually it
3: kept on breaking,
5: especially on phones, because the mobile web kept
3: breaking. And so, like, it would freeze when a pop-up demanding you install an app would appear. And so you'd have to, like, sit there and babysit it for an hour to, like, clear all of the pop-ups so that it would continue running.
0: Yeah. You know, after
3: a while, the thing is supposed
0: to run for, like— you know, ten hours or something. Right. And so the idea was, when the web page was no longer getting click events from the macro, it would stop the clock. Right. Like yeah. very clever. And yeah. then like spit out a, a battery test result. Then this never worked. So Joanna ended up watching her like dumb robot for ten hours
4: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do battery tests at one of our former jobs, and I was like in charge of maintaining those tests. And I'd always have to click through for the friendster website because they just didn't edit it out and it had been used that long. And I was like, can we just get like a GoPro and just like point it and like run a video? And so that like we went to the video because like these websites were just like at one point I was working with like this developer in Romania who was very nice and told me I was a developer Aww. because I was helping her. Oh, that's nice. And I was like, oh, I'm not. But, like, thank you. You participated. (laughs) Yeah, I'm there. I appreciate the participation. But, like, these battery tests all make no sense and do nothing. It's like it really drives you to nihilism sometimes.
3: Well, and the way that modern processors work is uh, now that we're slowing down on Moore's Law, we're getting more and more custom bespoke parts of the processor that do custom bespoke things. And so there is a piece of hardware on your motherboard that is there to just make video more efficient. And so a video rundown test is a measure of that piece of the processor, not (laughs) the thing's overall battery life. Um,
4: review Just, yeah, this one tiny piece works really, really well.
3: So, look, I had four phones to review. The, the upshot of all this battery stuff is we like to do something that approximates a real-world use case, um, and there's only so many phones you can do. So the biggest my biggest regret is that I didn't, at embargo time, have something definitive I could say about the iPhone 13 mini because that's the one that everyone really wants to know, is it better enough to go from – man, if I actually use this like a normal phone, it'll die at lunch, to if I actually use this like a normal phone, it'll die at TK, at something later. Dinner. Yeah, dinner. It's better, but it doesn't change the fundamental uh, rules of how an iPhone 13 mini should work or an iPhone 12 mini should work. If you use an iPhone mini the way that you use a bigger phone, where... you're just doom scrolling all day. You're just, you're, you actually use it a bunch. Uh, it dies. That's just, that's how it is. If you use the iPhone, if you use an, a mini iPhone, like not as much, and like you have a different relationship with your phone, you could theoretically last all day. Lots of people do, but it's like it lasts all day if you don't use it, which is like womp, womp. one of the more challenging things about reviewing stuff. And Dieter, I'm, I'm curious how you went
0: about it this time. Last year, I found it was really hard to do battery testing. Because I was not leaving home. I was just always in a Wi-Fi environment. And so was I really testing the 5G radios? I was not. I had like one day in New York where yeah. I was doing it. Did
3: you Did you manage to get out and push them? Yeah. So the the thing about living in the, the city instead of the woods is you can go out and take pictures of uh, different <laughs> things besides yeah. more trees. And so – If you're wondering why Dieter did all the reviews this year and I didn't, it was because
0: I found that – Lack of places to go
4: last
6: year,
0: like, <laughs> utterly demoralizing. Yeah.
5: You could have taken really cool photos of the bears, though.
4: I was about to say the bears.
0: I just wandered the woods looking for bears. What happened to Eli? Well, he <laughs> reviewed the
3: iPhone. Call it out a bear hunt.
0: <laughs> uh, so that's the batteries. It, it seems like, you know, Apple is usually doesn't lie mm-hmm. about batteries. They say the batteries last
3: a long time. Dieter, it appears the batteries last a long time. Batteries last a long time, especially on the 13. It is a notable difference. And it's a notable difference from the 12. But remember, the 12 had relatively disappointing battery life. It was a step down from the, the previous you know generation, the last round of generation, where Apple did the thing that Apple does, where they, every two to three years, are like, oh, yeah, we should make the batteries bigger. People would like that. And then they do, and it's great. So this yeah. is a, oh, yeah, we should make the batteries bigger kind of year.
0: No, when they're gonna re- when they redesign the case for the iPhone 45 or mm-hmm. whatever, they'll make it too thin. Yep. <laughs> and then the iPhone 46, they'll make it slightly thicker. Yep. <laughs> like they, they're off the S cycle, but maybe it's like odd numbers have bigger batteries.
5: <laughs> so, so is this year they they got bigger batteries and they're thicker. Are all of them thicker.
3: Yeah, they're all thicker, and throughout the body of the phone, the thickness is so minimal. You like have to set them down next to each other on a table and like feel your finger across, and you can maybe feel it. Cases are fine there. Where they're definitely thicker is in the camera bumps. They are they're thicker, they're wider, they're they're more mesa esque than they've ever been. So we should we should talk about the camera bumps.
0: The, again, this is one of those things where it's like, did you like the 12? You're going to love the 13. Mm-hmm. But if you like the 12, you should not buy a 13. Like. <laughs> <laughs> There's a paradox embedded here the thing that is absolutely remarkable now that we have the phones i was talking to like the halide folks like it yep the sensor in the 13s is the same sensor that yeah. was in the 12 pro max only in the 12 pro max last year right with sensor shift stabilization the whole thing it is absolutely remarkable that that sensor is in the 13 mini
3: yeah i mean the camera bump on the mini is huge but it's yeah it's remarkable they had to they had to move the cameras diagonally to fit it or just to make them
5: look different. I mean, you oh, know. Man. Come on.
3: <laughs> they could have had them diagonally to begin with.
5: There like, are so many memes about the, uh, the iPhone 12 to 13.
0: Yeah, the boop, I've seen. <laughs> yeah,
5: the designer meeting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like when they were designing the 12, they knew the 13 was coming. Right. So they, it could have yeah. been diagonal from the beginning. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> uh, it's remarkable that they have that sensor in the 13s, but it also kind of means the 12 to 13 comparison is super straightforward because it's the comparison
3: between the 12 and the 12 pro max yeah which we already did last year (laughs) which we are super familiar (laughs) with yeah is that kind of what you found that's almost exactly what i found there are differences in the way that apple tunes photos which we're going to get into if you want to talk about photographic profiles um but uh they're a little bit less yellow and they're just a, a little bit less noisy um i think that they're a little bit less afraid of shadows just a a tiny bit Uh, but otherwise like if you had a 12 Pro Max the photos from the 13 Mini look very very similar except at the edges of a a little bit of color stuff that I've noticed they also updated the ultra wide but in both cases on the regular and the Pro it's like kind of fuzzy about how it is for low light improvements it's there they did stuff but what precisely they did it isn't as dead ahead as like bigger sensor you know lower f-stop blah 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 blah. it's it's a little bit i don't know subtler
0: yeah i mean what i recall of last year was there's a big conversation about how the photos are almost indistinguishable Mm -hmm. and it was because we were all stuck at home all the reviewers were stuck at home which meant we were all taking still lifes yep and it was not clear that, like, the true improvement here was you were collecting more light at a faster shutter speed. Like, the thing could ramp to a higher ISO. Yep. And make a cleaner photo at a higher shutter speed. Yep. And I only figured out, like, at the end, when I started taking pictures of my kid, who is not a still life. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I figured at
3: this occurs to me what figured it out. If that's the same here, that's like a, a meaningful
0: stepwise improvement over the 13.
3: Yeah. It's the same here. I tried to, I tried to do the same thing with my cat, but my cat just doesn't move anymore. So
0: it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all great. Like, I don't know. It, I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that they made the notch smaller, but didn't improve the selfie camera, I, I, <sighs> like keep the notch the same size, make the other stuff smaller,
3: yeah. make the f- front camera better. Why did they reduce the notch size? Why did they put the engineering effort into this particular thing to, to fit the bigger camera sensor? But like, but why make the notch smaller? What does that give them?
0: I'm telling you, space is at a premium in these. Oh, so you think
3: because they made it narrower, then they can move a thing over, which gives them more Z space to put the bigger sensor behind where the notch used to be. I mean, I think we got to wait for a teardown, but I think every millimeter of space inside this yeah
0: especially for the mini counts yeah yeah and if you're going to radically increase the size of the, the main sensor you got to make it up somewhere
3: right which all of which is like they, they they made the notch smaller not because they actually cared what it looks like or care about our experience of the screen they made the notch smaller because they had to for the cameras which is amazing
5: i have a theory about the notch that so i think they made the notch smaller but dave the guy who's in charge of doing the percentage in where the notch was yeah they're just on vacation or summer so they just didn't get around to it. So I feel like that's that's going to come. Yeah.
4: He's going to get back from like parental leave or whatever and be like, "Oh yeah, hold on, let me let me do this."
0: Oh, Apple does not want to show you a battery percentage. They are philosophically opposed to putting a battery percentage anywhere. Even on a Mac, like a Mac will fight you. Yeah. But it
5: used to be there. It used to be a toggle you turned it on. And yeah. Off.
0: Yeah, and then they started doing the battery health thing and the, they got in trouble for throttle like an iPhone battery indicator is not is no longer a linear experience <laughs> it's right it's like full it's half full oh, it's still half full pretty much half full going to be at 15% for the rest of the day <laughs> right and there's like
4: there's no
3: shades <laughs> yeah. in between those moments yeah. right we th- we see the
4: battery percentage now right
3: you can look at it in control center but yeah it's like the, uh, what is a battery percentage is in the same category as what is a photo and what is a computer at this point it's a, it's a feeling in our hearts Oh, man, we got to talk about the file file directory story at some point today. Um, okay,
0: so those are the thirteens. I, I feel like we should talk about photo styles and all that stuff in the context of the pros. Okay, and also cinematic
3: mode, and also protector. cinematic because
0: those are the, that's the I think of that as the camera review. Yeah, okay. But uh, the thirteens are great. I think the pricing games that Apple and the carriers are playing are yeah. quite frankly gross. We had a
3: very long discussion about how much of this should go into the reviews. And the the answer was, I wrote 7,000 words in like two days, so maybe not. <laughs> but we wanted to. Uh, we are following up on it. We've already
0: heard, you know, we, we are responsive to our audience. We've already heard from a lot of people listening to the show after we talked about it last week. Um, other readers are telling us buying an iPhone is more complicated and confusing than ever. There are YouTubers out there that are basically making videos of Excel spreadsheets. Like, if you can push the YouTube economy towards, like, straight Excel, you know, like, versus anything else they'd want to do, they're like, we're going to do Excel on, like, you know you've, you've done something. Like, that's the rawest id of the tech
3: universe is, like, tech YouTube. Some tech YouTuber is going to be radicalized by this pricing experience and going to, like, pivot <laughs> into giving financial advice full time, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that is already – we're, like, right on the yeah. cusp of that happening anyway. We love our tech YouTuber friends. Yeah, we're of course. Just but if you're doing Excel, it's, like, it's, it's bad. bad. Anyway, we have we we are doing those stories. We've already written a few about why the subsidies exist. It's really hard to do that story. Like, the only way that I can tell you how much an iPhone costs is if I know what legacy Verizon plan you're already on, and they change them every three months. Right. So it's Yeah. So we're trying to figure out ways to do it in a, in a structured and meaningful way, but rest assured, nothing is free, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like kind of the basic formula here is: there's a lot of people on legacy 4G plans. They want to give you a, a free iPhone, and to do that, you end up on a 5G plan, which is more expensive. That's the and at a 36 month contract, right? That's the basic shape of it. So we we didn't put it in the review, but it's something on our mind. Right, let's talk about the Pro phone Stater. These are the ones with maybe the most new things. Do you want to
3: start with the displays
0: or do you want to go camera again?
3: I mean, we can we can get battery life out of the way. Same story. Better battery life. Uh, the battery life on the 13 Pro Max is like two and a half hours more on the thing that was already really good. It's just, mm-hmm. it's bonkers. That's all I have to say. Is,
4: have you had to charge it? Even once?
3: The Pro Max? Like, no. Like, I haven't used it as my full, full-time phone because I wanted to do the worst-case scenario, so I've been using the small one more. Now I'm on the mini, and then I'm going to come back and do the Max, and we'll have a full battery feelings thing next week, probably. Anyway, so that's, that's battery there. So, I don't know. Yeah. What do you want? Screen or camera? I mean, we can do screen quick and then get into cameras. Let's do the
0: screen. I, I, yeah. My big question here is, when we were after the event, and then we were you know, in our various briefings, we're like, you're going to ramp the screen up and down like you should with any sort of variable refresh. Are all the apps going to support it? And how can we tell? Right. And I don't think we ever, I think we still kind of don't
3: know. The answer is uh, if your app is coded in Swift, or is it Cocoa? Coco's the new one, or Carbon? I always Cocoa. get them confused. I'm terrible. Cocoa Touch. Yeah. Uh, then you should be getting most of these improvements for free. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you can specifically code your app. There will be an API, apparently. And that it also is trying to watch the screen to watch for what frame rate it thinks it should be running at. But there's no way for you, the user, to know that it stepped down to 24. Well, unless you can see it. Um, it's harder to see in video, I think. But um, I, I got into this into the review, but... Uh, I am the kind of person who sees high refresh rate screens. I just like, I just do. I'm also the kind of person that sees jelly scroll. There's jelly scroll on the iPad mini. Um, Some people don't see it and they don't care and whatever. Some people see it and they don't care and whatever. Some people see it and it's like, ah, I have felt minorly, ah, about iPhones for the last four years, may call it Mm -hmm. three years. Um, And, the, knock, the, the, the claim is like, well, Apple doesn't need to have a high refresh rate screen because iOS is so smooth. And it's like, yes, you are correct. iOS is smooth. It does not have the amount of stutter and jank that you get on Android. And Android solved that problem through brute force of high refresh rate screens. Battery be damned, right? That is what they did. And then they, over time, figured it out. So now they work pretty well. All that said, it just looks better. Like you, yeah. I see it on the iPhone. I feel it on the iPhone, and I get it. If you don't, if you're like whatever about it, that is like good for you. Be whatever about it. I see it. It is better. Apple does not deserve a pass for uh, waiting this long to do it.
4: Is there any yeah. experience that really like makes you feel it more? Scrolling, <laughs> <laughs> just scrolling. That's like
3: scrolling yeah. text. Like that's it. You like they stop turning into like. Blurs. They, it's just like, it's more like paper. and It's ridiculous, but like the fundamental thing that you do on a phone is scroll. And so I see it all the time. <laughs> so
0: this is very noticeable to me because I have an iPad Pro, which has a ProMotion display. Yeah, And I switch back and forth between the two all the time. And I notice it between those two. And then I got the 13 Pro Max and Dieter was like, do you see it? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was very mad. <laughs> I, I was just like, wait. And then once you see it again... Like, I was so used to looking at a 60 hertz display on my phone. Yeah. that I was like, "What?" and then you see it, and then it's very difficult to go back.
5: Yeah. And the animation's, like, smooth, because well, Samsung's obviously had the 120 hertz stuff, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. their animations don't always keep up. So I'm just curious if iOS actually keeps up at 120.
3: But never, Never seen it not keep up uh it, you know they were it was like i said they they got the pass on not doing this for because they had good animations in the first place and that that just continues yeah. plus don't forget like Neil i said they've had this on the ipad for a while so this isn't a brand new thing to them
5: yeah, yeah true. how does it work for games on the iphone though
3: i mean i've i've been playing a lot of fantasian uh and it just it just looks beautiful i don't know what else to say like it looks great um, i don't know if it's doing the frame rate thing there or not so again it's a like i i'm not Doing all of my experience with a high frame rate camera, and it's not like you can just, like, get a little developer mode thing on an iPhone to display what the <laughs> screen is doing. Imagine
4: that world where Apple let you do that. I mean, they have every other setting. There used to be an app that would count the frame rate for you years ago. I don't know if it still exists, but you'd have to, mm. like, put your phone into developer mode and, like, hook it up. And it would yeah. be, like, on your computer. It was the worst experience. You were basically a debugger.
0: <laughs> but that wasn't the frame rate of the display. That was the frame rate of the That was the frame rate of the game. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Also, but, Tom, to your point about games, you know, Apple's hedge against this for the past, like, three years is, like, yeah. an unrelated stat. They're like, oh, we run the the touch sensor at 120 Hertz. And you're like, well, that isn't the screen. <laughs> like,
1: different.
0: You're like, does your car go 60 miles an hour? And they're like, we make a motorcycle that goes 30. It's like, well, those aren't, what are you talking Everyone about? Everyone does
3: that, that touch response rate thing. Everybody does it. It's funny. Apple yeah. didn't bring it up this, this year.
0: Right. Cause their screen has the good stack. Yeah. <laughs> but like part well, of games responsiveness is like, yep. How fast is the screen refreshing? But also how, how little lag is there? And They're yeah. already at the right number for the, the touch response
5: i'm fairly sure that fortnite back when it used to be on the uh, ipad that that used to be 120 hertz i think because it's definitely it's definitely 120 hertz elsewhere
3: yeah so. i don't know i don't remember and now we'll never know i have a fortnite icon on my phone it's i'm kind of curious about
4: the games because for years the games all capped at 60 and that, that was just they were like yeah we're gonna cap at 60 that's as high as the refresh rate goes and so i'm wondering how many of these games are gonna have to like go in and Unleash the beast, so to speak.
3: There's a beast to unleash. The A15 seems great. And there's an extra GPU core in the Pro, y'all.
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what it's for. (laughs) They call it the 60 hertz core. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about the cameras. The cameras are all three are different. Yep. Selfie camera, it's still stubbornly the same. Yep. No center stage. But the three on the back are all different. And they all seem much improved as well.
3: Yeah. So, the um, like I said, the ultra-wide ha- uh, has some vague low-light stuff, which I kind of noticed, um, but it has an autofocus now. And so you can get, once you hit 10 centimeters, the frame shifts to macro mode, but it tries to keep the same framing. So, so the, sorry, the, you see the frame shift, but it tries to keep it, you know, the same framing. And so it crops in from the ultra-wide instead of just showing you what you were getting on the wide. Um, and then you can get up to two centimeters and take the photo. Um, and unbeknownst to me, every other reviewer, not every other, reviewer, a bunch of reviewers were very mad about this, about this, like this, like experience of the, the thing. Yes. Shifting. This was like, if there was going to be a controversy, this would be the controversy. And then it was not a controversy. Well, here's the thing. Have you ever taken a good photo with your iPhone 10 centimeters away from the subject?
4: All the time.
3: Really? Every day.
4: My constant
3: state. I I, I suppose <laughs> that there are situations where you absolutely want to stay on the wide and you don't want it to switch to macro mode at that distance. Um, but to me, it's like yeah, they, they should have just had some other clear indicator. It does feel broken. It feels a little buggy to see like the the framing just like change on the screen yeah. as you move closer. And it, it's, it's a little bit worse as you pull away. As you pull away, it's like, are you going to switch? Oh, there you are. So I knew what was happening, so I understood what was going on. But I suppose if, you know, you're just thinking about the average user, that might feel a little bit broken. So they're going to, like, like the night before the review, they're like, we're going to make a software update so you can, like, turn that off. So
4: Is it more or less? So, like, I'm on the 11 Pro, and on the 11 Pro, when you switch between the different lenses, there's usually, like, a noticeable kind of shift in reframing. Is it more or less, like, pronounced than that?
3: It's different. It's like okay. they – because they're they, – they're, they're cropping, they're trying to keep the same crop on the ultra wide. And so sometimes it's like, there's like this weird, like it shifts left or right a little bit.
4: Sort of like know? when you're like closing one eye or the other and looking at a point in the distance. Yeah,
3: they should lean into it though. They should just, they should have some like, wow. <laughs> yeah, should be like, we're going in, y'all. They should have the Mega Man <laughs> boss animation. Yeah. <laughs> like, this
0: is actually, I think we'll end up talking about this with iOS 15 again. Like, Apple is, the thing is getting more and more complicated. <sighs> And Apple is like not, they're not celebrating how complicated the thing is. Yeah. They're like avoiding it in ways that makes it even more. And like, this is a great example of that. Yeah. The camera is now very complicated and we can talk yep. about photo styles and everything else too, yep. but the, just this thing where they've tried to make it automatic and invisible in a for a thing that you cannot make invisible, mm-hmm. just make it super visible. You yeah. will solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Instead of adding another setting yeah. that no one will understand. And where will
3: that setting go? Will it go in the camera app or in the settings app? <laughs> let's, let's just let's decide. I don't know. Um, the telephoto uh, goes to 3x. I think it's 2.8 now. So it's, it's a little bit longer, but it also takes in a little bit less light. So the trade-off is you get night mode on it, so that's cool. Uh, but if you don't have night mode engaged, it will take dimmer photos in the dark, which um, I think some people were a little bit unhappy with. On the whole... I'm very happy with it because I think, it, like, it takes better photos. It takes better portraits of faces. The mm-hmm. 3X is just slightly nicer than the 2X. Um, you get a little bit of more, uh, I don't know grace in your digital zooms there just that much more. Uh, it yeah. still looks like digital zoom, but whatever. I don't know. Maybe I'm just happy because Virin took just the most incredible portrait that anyone has ever taken of me during the course of this review. And so I just, <laughs> just think oh yeah the camera's great. I, there's a good good picture of me. That's all I care about. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, all oh, cares about. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's it's I like the telephoto camera. I'm I'm willing to do the trade off for the, you know, the slightly worse performance in low light on that one in particular. We'll see if we'll see if Apple sticks with it. The other interesting thing they're doing in their camera interface is I'm not sure if Apple did this first or Samsung did it first, but they're now as you do the little, you bring up the little scroll dial when you like move your finger up and down and it shows you the full range. They're showing at their one X, their 0.5 X, their one X, and their three X, the millimeter equivalents. So they're they're explicitly saying this is 77 millimeter equivalent. This is I don't know 23 or whatever it is. They're they're showing you those as like a way to feel more like photographic, more like a professional camera.
5: Yeah, I feel like I would love for them to do what Nokia did back in the Lumia days, which is have just the basic camera mode, which is what they're kind of trying to cram everything into. Mm-hmm. And then a pro camera mode where you can yep. do all the ISO, like every, every setting you want to change. Sony does it. Samsung dial. does it. Everyone's, everyone's yeah, got do a pro it, right? camera mode. So I don't see why they don't do it.
0: Yeah. Because you can just buy the app that is that mode. Sure. But I, I think yeah. their their feeling is that like the people who want that are just going to spend the 30 bucks on Halai yeah. or they're just going to be, Lightroom users or whoever but what
3: about the people who don't want that they still have Apple's camera app which (laughs) I just can I just ask why is the button that shows more options next to the shutter button on the other side of the frame why is there a little arrow on the like if you're holding shutter button under your right thumb why is the button to show more stuff on the left side of the frame why what is it why Hold on, I'm just like looking at my phone. Tell I it's
4: like, I gotta, I gotta pull my phone out now.
3: The little, the little arrow button, the Chiron button that like switches to show you all the different options in the mode that you're in, is on the left side. If you're holding it in your right hand with the shutter button under your, because like oh, it's you, in photo mode, and I'll if you want to like mean. change right. it to like four by three or go into like the timer or whatever, you hit like all those things on the right appear by hitting a button on the left.
4: Well, it's so you can so you can do it, do it two handed. But you
5: just you just swipe up though, right? I never press. You the can button. also swipe up.
4: Yeah.
3: What if you don't know about the swipe?
4: I didn't know about the swipe. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> that was
0: great. Oh, welcome to VergeCast where all of us just use our phones.
5: <laughs> it's like the uh, YouTube app where I only discovered like two weeks ago you can swipe up and it makes it full screen. Yeah. yeah we, we literally wrote an
0: article about it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think that's it, what I read. It exploded <laughs> through our Slack. Like the entire Verge shut down when everyone's like, oh, you can just swipe up on the
3: YouTube video. Did you know that on the Mac OS, when oh in the menu bar there are three dots next to a menu item, that is an indicator that it's going to open up another window instead of do some do an action directly? Yes, I've well, known that, that since I was sense. like 10 it's, years it's, old because I read like David Pogue's first book. <laughs> Welcome How? to the Vergecast. T- computer tips and tricks, everybody. <laughs> the regular wide angle, it's so good. But yeah. it's, it's so good if you're the kind of person that looks for it. If you have a 12 or maybe even an 11 and you take a picture, look at it on your phone and put it on Instagram, you might not see it. And that's fine, totally okay. But if you're the kind of person that wants to see how much noise there is in the shadows and you want to see if like your color temperature is right and the thing, the bright thing in the background is not completely blown out and like you, that is stuff that you see, uh, it's there, you see it, it is better. It's better even than the 12 Pro Max.
0: So one of the things that I, I think Apple has been able to do, this is the first year they've branded Smart HDR. Really? Yeah. They, they were just like, every previous year, they're like, we improved it. This year, they're like, it's called Smart mm. HDR 4. Okay. And I think it's because they added photo styles to it. Mm. And so I think one of the things that they've been able to do is get more aggressive with what they think the photo should look like. Yes, because they're giving you these outs of well, screw it. You can just make it look like Samsung if you want. Right. Yep. And I, I think some of their contrast decisions, some of their like it's it's harder for to make it go into night mode. Yes, it's much harder to make it go into night mode. And I part of that's the sensor, but I think part of it is also Apple saying no, we we think that this is this scene should be dark. Yep. Right. I think I think that the system is more aggressively tuned this year, and I, I think all that is related to the fact that. They a have other styles, and B they're they're more confident in night mode, and I that just comes through having used the phone for as much as I've used the phone. Like the can the camera on the twelve the thirteen Pro Max is I call, last year I called the twelve Pro Max really confident. And this camera is it's not just confident in that it can take a picture; it's confident in what the picture should look like. In a way that I think the push and pull between. The Pixel look and the Samsung look and the Apple look kind of made everything look the same. This one is like, no, this is what it's going to look like. And if you don't like it, here are some, here are some ways to make it look different.
3: When I started writing this review, I had to, like, get up and walk around uh, the room for a minute. And then I had to slack Neil out to yell at him for using the word confident last year because that was <laughs> what I, I was like, yep. Like, this thing just knows what it wants to do much yeah. more so than in, like, a lot of other cameras. Even, like, the iPhone 12, like, sometimes the camera panics right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it just goes haywire. It's like, I don't know what to do here. Sure. Bright everything. Ah, um, this thing almost never panics.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it's because they, you know, most people take smartphone photos and the look for every smartphone photo has been totally flat for about three years. The highlights are as bright as the shadow. Like everything is just as bright as it can be, which makes things look weird. Like I was it the, I think it was the 10S that I was like, this camera just looks insane to me. Because it was just so aggressive. And I was like, this isn't how photos should look. And they've walked it back. And now they're at this very, like, you know, artful look. But the photo styles are really interesting to me because, what I mean, like, we were joking. But it is just super true that one of them is Pixel and the other one is Samsung. Yep. (laughs) Like, there's just no way around it.
3: And you can call them rich contrast and, was it vibrant? Uh, It's, yeah, rich contrast and, yeah, vibrant. Yeah, yeah. and then there's warm and cool. And then my favorite mode is if you you can tweak the sliders, and so you can land on rich cool, which is what you have to be
2: to buy an iPhone.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what warm and cool
0: are. I think they're just there so that Apple can say there's more modes other than Pixel and Samsung. (laughs) But it's just like super interesting. Like When we do the Pixel review... Like our ability to say we prefer the look of the pixel is now severely undercut by the fact that the iPhone can generate something that
3: looks yes. very much like the existing pixel. Greg Jaws, we asked, secret plan. I'm
0: pretty sure it's a secret plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did it just to, just to irritate me personally. But uh, that is really neat. The thing that is befuddling to me is just based on how we understand how it works there is no reason that shouldn't be a feature of iOS 15 that hit every other phone.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, part of uh, the explanation is it requires the A15. Okay, well, why does it require the A15? And then like you end up in like spinning it out trying to figure it out for your else land. And the the best devil's advocate argument I could make is that Apple really cares about making the live view be as close to what the final photo is going to be as possible. They get the, they 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 did it with portrait mode. Uh, they are now doing it here. And so I think that they must believe or they say they believe that the extra processing power they've got in the A15 Bionic is what allows them to make the viewfinder look like rich cool because they want you to know what your final result is going to be. They don't want the thing after all the little processing happens to look especially different from what you see live. I don't know if I buy that argument, but that I think is the argument. I buy it 20%. Okay. Yeah. Just because here's what's happening. You buy it. You buy it. Oh, you buy it. Like that. That's like you know, four out of five GPU cores. You buy it. Four out of five <laughs> GPU cores. Now I'm buying one out of five oh, GPU okay, cores. Okay.
0: No, like if you just think about that argument, what's the phone doing? You hold the phone up. It starts. It's already taking photos. You hit the shutter button. It takes its burst of however many seven photos at varying exposures. The iPhone 12 is already doing that. Then it starts stacking the photos. Semantically, It's like, this is the sky. We want this sky. It's over. It's underexposed. Yeah. We want this one, blah, blah,
3: blah. I guess it's an open question if you think that they're semantically doing that in the live view in real time. I doubt it. I don't know.
0: Then it's just basically like applying like an exposure table to that. Mm-hmm. And that changing the exposure table is what gets you the different look. It's not quite doing like I'm, I know it's not literally an exposure table, but that's what it's doing. They have some set of values that are like, make the sky this bright or this mm-hmm. vibrant. Do faces this way, do that the other way.
3: Privacy is a human right. It's another, one of the values they apply to that filter.
0: <laughs> Take risks. That's one of Fox Media's values. That's my joke. Um, it's true, by the way. It's printed in giant letters in, the, on the in our office. I think about it often. But they could just send that set of exposure values to the older phones. And whatever that is would be just as fine in the live view because the older phones are producing a live exposure too. Yeah, I think this is gated. I think this is gated to make you want to buy a new phone. Like they had to, they have to gate some feature, and they gated this one. And the point of a devil's advocate argument is that it's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, but it's a, g- a great camera. The, the, the styles are neat. They're on both phones, the regulars and this yep. one, and the pros. Very cool. We should talk about cinematic mode, which is not, I would say, a success on the level of these cameras and photographic
3: styles. I believe that Apple was disingenuous with its ads. They are showing ads with this mode that is portrait mode for video with some cool little auto reframing options for you. Working in light that I would never be able to get it to work well in. I have not gotten it to work in anything but the brightest of light. Some people have. Yeah. I can get it working in like medium light. Um, I got it working in a couple like brightly lit, you know, alleys, but it can fall down pretty fast. And it looks really green screeny. Like one of the things I, like the you know not a TikTok I posted, Everyone's like, "This is a green screen. this looks this looks completely superimposed and fake. Uh, when it wasn't, like obviously. But yeah, I think that it's difficult to get this to look as cinematic as they say it is. If they had presented this as something much more playful or much less like self-serious, we might be having a different conversation about it. But the way it's the way that they are marketing it, is the problem I have with it the the feature itself works meh, and I don't have a problem with a meh feature the first time around. I have a little bit of a problem, but whatever. Um, I have a problem with people buying this thing on the promise that it w- does more than it actually can do.
4: Is it worse than like when portrait mode came out? Because portrait mode, we all thought was going to work in a lot of different lights and distances and stuff, and quickly learned yeah. no, that's not true.
3: No, but but com-
0: that's b- compare how they roll that portrait mode to this. Yeah, they roll that portrait mode not at first with the seven. Right. Right. The mm, seven came out. It wasn't nothing. even enabled. Then they rolled it out in beta and they were like, we don't Right? They were just like, you know, this is the future of photography. Right. And then they, it's gotten sick. And we were like, it's a gimmick. And then last year we were like, oh, this got really good. And that was a long time. Yeah. This one, they're like, here's Catherine Bigelow. <laughs> and this is the future of cinematography. Yeah. And it's like, no, it isn't like First of all, it only runs in 1080p 30. <laughs> So, like, no, it's not. <laughs> and then it just it just doesn't – like, their little Knives Out video is, like, very
3: moodily lit. Mm-hmm. I'm confident that there are more lights in that room than we can see. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, to be clear, I'm not saying Apple faked it. Like, the way that um, Huawei or even I think Nokia has been caught, like, using a different camera and passing it yeah. off as their camera, I don't believe they're doing that. Like, they, these are actual cinematic mode videos that have – a lot more stuff behind the iPhone than you will have behind yours. I think that's fair. Like, so I, Catherine but, Bigelow
4: was like a cinematographer before she was like, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Like, they, they got really She's got a lighting assistant. Yeah, they have like Oscar winning cinematographers <laughs> yeah. working on yeah. this. They're going to definitely turn out, I would hope, a better video.
0: And then, I, so there's that, which is just even when you have the best of light, it's kind of meh. Yeah. And then as the, the light falls off, it just stops working. Like it just puts up a thing that says you need more light. Yep, <laughs> and that's the end of that story. Then there's the file format disaster, and like I, I'll just point you to Joanna's video. She watched because she was like very frustrated by all this. But when you turn off H, so HDR on the iPhone is already a file format disaster. If you want to get into another app, yeah, yeah. If you want to edit in Premiere, if you want to edit anything but Apple's apps, HDR video on the iPhone is already fighting you. And the button, when you're in cinematic mode and you turn off HDR, the button is broken. So it doesn't turn off HDR. So Joanna made her whole video in cinematic mode. It's in her video. You should just go watch it. And she was like, Apple tells me they'll fix the button. (laughs) (laughs) But on top of that, you cannot re-edit the video. So it bakes it. Oh, no. So whatever your depth decision is, is baked into your video and export. The way that most people export. video files off their iPhones is to airdrop them to a Mac.
4: Right.
3: Yep.
0: If your iPhone sees that your Mac is not running macOS Monterey, which I would note at the time of this review, was not out, (laughs) it's airdropping a baked video file with no depth map that
3: you can... So that's like problem one. Dieter, I think you did it over USB, right? It doesn't fight you on USB. So I did it just... It syncs over to Photos, the Photos app, Um, Mm. and so you could go to the export option in Photos Apps, and there's two export options. There's export, um, and that will let you export in 480 or 720 or 1080 or 4K, apparently, even though it's a 1080 file. Oh, And then the other one is, like, export original unmodified unmodified something-something. If you export original unmodified something-something, you get the file, and then you get an extra sidecar file that has all of the depth map information, Whoa. maybe the HDR information. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, And so if, no. if you have an app that knows that there's a sidecar file, uh, then you're fine. If you just try and take the original file and throw it into a video editing app, all of the blur is just gone because none of that thing is there in the file. So you either you either bake it into the file on export in one way, shape, or form, or you need an app that knows that there's an extra file that goes along with this thing. And right now, the only apps that can do that are made by Apple.
4: You know, we talk about how Apple and, and, and Microsoft, all of it, everybody is working towards like teaching us less and like kind of having doing all the hard work for us. I really respect that here. They're like, no, all of this hard work, you're going to have to be very thoughtful of and have read, like listened to every podcast, watched every YouTube video, <laughs> read everything to know how the hell to like get this onto your computer. Like I, I respect that. I love it. Something for the experts. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you
0: know, we, I read all the reviews and all the reviews had the same sort of, You can just tell that people who write iPhone reviews are not TikTokers, like successful TikTokers. (laughs) Like they all have the same little thing. It's like, oh, this would be great for TikTokers. And it's like, well, TikTok can't use this feature. Right. And TikTok can't read these video files. So unless you are this exact sort of person who shoots and edits a video in the tools Apple provides you, then exports that and then imports that into TikTok and uploads it. That's your process for getting to use cinematic mode in TikTok.
3: Yeah,
0: and maybe some people will do that. I would just expect that most people do not, right? Like it's just a long road to get to what you want, and then TikTok will be like, whatever. Here's a software blur and a filter. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't matter. I, this to me is like, you know, again, Apple rolled it out. I agree with Teeter. Apple rolled it out in a way that makes it seem ready. Yeah. In and ins- and if they'd rolled it out in beta or as an early version or like the next step in video, I think we'd be having a, m- a much different reaction to it. But I think hiding the ball and how much light it needs, like it created a context for me to look at this thing is like, uh,
4: yeah, they kind yeah. of like set themselves up to just get this criticism. Like, just be honest. They could have they done, like, Panos and, like, gone back around and be like, and look, here's, here's everything happening behind the screen. Oh,
3: that was such a... <laughs> such a <laughs> sincere
0: Anyhow, it's like, you know, uh, Dieter, you had the line that it was gimmick adjacent. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, when we were scoring the review and we were talking about it, you can't knock the phones for bad cinematic mode. Because if it wasn't there, we wouldn't be like, no cinematic mode.
5: <laughs> right. Do we think they'll fix it, though? They fixed yeah. Portrait. Yeah, it sounds like it should have been a point release, right?
0: Maybe, or you know, or they should have done it in beta and let the beta run for a long time. And the iPhone mm-hmm. 14 will have a slightly better one, in the 50 like that. That's been the run with portrait mode photos. Maybe they'll get there yeah. with videos, but doing with, with Catherine, like they just <laughs> they just set expectations for this thing that even at the level of what if I want to get the file off my phone, or it's just complicated and hard. That said, it's it's fun to mess with. It's not not fun to mess with. All right, Teter, anything else on these phones? We, we've we've done 50 minutes on these phones. I think we're good. <laughs> They're iPhones. This, I started by saying the headlines are hard to write, and we landed at iPhone 13 review. Yep, bigger batteries are better. <laughs> and somehow we still did 50 minutes. <laughs> what is a photo? All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We still got to talk about that iPad mini, iOS 15, and then we do have a lot of Microsoft
1: stuff to talk about. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Canva. They say Rome wasn't built in a day, but you know what you can get built in a day? Your creative deck. You can generate creative decks to use for all your important presentations with Canva. Thanks to their AI, you can start with a simple prompt and watch Canva go to work. You want a sales presentation for a tech company? Done. Create an employee onboarding plan? No problem. Just type it in and watch Canva work its magic. You'll have generated options in seconds. Choose your favorite style, customize the content, and you're done. It's a serious time saver at work. So whatever you do at your job, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You can generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. It's AI for every department. It's easy to learn. It's even easier to use. And because it's built in Canva presentations, you can stay focused on the task at hand with no app switching. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at Canva.com. Designed for work.
2: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is
0: All right, we're back. Before the show started, I said, "Dieter, there's not much to say about the iPad Mini." And then Dieter said, "I can talk about the iPad Mini for as long
3: as you'd like." Yep. <laughs> How's the <laughs> iPad Mini, Dieter? Um, it <laughs> it's an iPad Mini, uh, and uh, what that means is take a big iPad and then shrink it down a little bit, and it has all the same software interfaces. All like there's like Tiny, subtle differences like command tab shows fewer icons or whatever. Um, And like the widgets are like scaled differently. And you'd think that'd be the end. But it turns out that when you take a big iPad and shrink it down, you end up using it differently. So, for example, the keyboard is still like human sized. So if you're in landscape mode and you bring up the keyboard, it covers the screen, just like the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it, it's different and so don't assume that oh i just i i would like to have a smaller ipad that sounds cool that like you're going to have the same experience you have with the big ipads it's interesting i think they missed a trick uh that uh microsoft actually does very well which is when you go from landscape to portrait you should have the option to have the split screen be top to bottom instead of left to right uh and they, they just can't um and i wish it did that battery life is it's weird it's fine uh, and that's a weird thing for me to say about iPad battery life. Because normally with an iPad battery life, especially when you use primarily for consumption, you're like, yeah, the thing will the thing will last, like, a week if you don't pay attention to it. Like, you, it's great. It's wonderful. And this one, you'll see the, the battery tick down. Like, I'm at 28% on this thing right now, and I've been using it off and on, you know, all day. And it's 2 o'clock as of this speaking time. So... You know, like, it will—you can run it down just like you can run down an iPad Pro if you use it, like, all day, like a computer. Um, but it's just—it's not quite as good as the bigger iPads. You know, uh, my—you're listening to this before my full review will go up next week. But that's kind of where I'm landing on I, To me, it's interesting, and it's good for, a uh, like, a certain—I'm not type of person, but it's good for a certain kind of way of using a device that is not the same as an iPhone and not the same as an iPad. Yeah. So
4: for the pilots.
0: For,
3: For the pilots, pilots. exactly. <laughs> I think the iPad mini
0: is the one where you, like,
3: you basically run one app. Like you're buying mm-hmm. this thing to run one app. Whether that app is Kindle. I am a nerd and I use two apps. But yeah, if you think of this as a big-ass iPhone and you run one app, you'll, you'll love it. Here's, here's what I mean by it. it's like different than a phone. Think of like you're looking at your phone right now or you're looking at somebody who's looking at their phone. And there's a certain hunch. There's a certain closeness to them in the screen. And they're closed off in a certain way. Like, it's them and their phone, and you need, you need to break that, you know, bubble that they're in. This thing, you you can, you are just, like, you're holding it a little bit further away, and it's just a little bit more open. It's just a little bit bigger. And so, the reason I like this thing is when I go home, I've got this thing where I'm, like, still open to the world around me to talk to, the, you know, my spouse, and it's, like, not quite big enough for me to, like, really want to do work. I, like, I have to, struggle through it on this thing or go to another computer so for a, a thing to like do iPhone stuff or iPad stuff when I'm not working when I'm hanging out at home it's great because I feel more available to the world around me and I'm less likely to work but I still get the benefits of a big ass screen you know relative to a phone
0: yeah all right well we'll talk about your review when it comes out next week I'm sure okay I'll, I'll
3: just say the same things again <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> well and then I just want to touch on iOS 15
3: which which parts the parts that shipped or the parts that didn't Yeah,
0: well, there's that. Let's talk about the parts that shipped. This is an operating system that is now reaching, like, fractal levels of complication. Just, I'll I'll make another TikTok reference. It is hilarious to me how many TikTok people have successful TikTok careers just telling people about features of of iOS. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, there's, like, lots of them. They're like, here's some shit you didn't know you could do. And they're, like, successful TikTokers iOS 15 is going to revolutionize their lives. <laughs> like the richest people in America are going to be iOS power user TikTok guys because it is so complicated. I think Peter, probably the place to start is focus mode, which, you know, it's like one of the highlight features and is impenetrable.
3: Yeah, uh, I would say it's impenetrable. I, I, the, the whole situation of when you first set it up, when you go through the flow, it's like, well, which people do you want to be able to contact you? It's like, well... How like is they – is this just iMessage? I guess. Well, am I locked into iMessage? Well, I don't know about that. Let me, let me make some choices here. Okay, let's go to the next screen. And then there's yet more choices about what apps are allowed to get in and not get in. And it's just – it's a series, it's a wizard of steps, of setup steps. And each, each successive step, you're still wondering if you made the right choices on the previous step. And by the end of it, you – maybe get to a place where, like, you've got this wonderland where you can, like, hit a button and you're in work mode and, like, it works exactly the way you want. It, like, rearranges your home screen and, like, the apps can pop in the way you want to. The apps that you don't want to have notifications get all bundled, which is, like, bundles is a really interesting idea. I actually think they could go further with that idea. But I got to be honest, uh, it's like the setup process is such that it's, it's, it, it asks a lot of the user uh in a way that i don't it doesn't make clear that the payoff is worth what it's asking and that's that's the problem i have with it is you're it's asking a lot it's not providing the entire full context of what the value is of all these choices that you're making and how easy it is to undo those choices and it's like ah that's how i feel about it ah
4: you know what it kind of reminds me of did you guys ever play mass effect the first mass effect I tried. So you know you have to you have to make your character, and you're in this like room, and you're making your character, and then like the first time you really get to see your character and know how all those choices will affect it is like after that, and it's a big dramatic pan, and your character looks like a potato. Like that's kind of what I think this mode is like.
0: I got to the part where um, I mean, it's just, just like I don't even know if Apple thought anyone look at the screen, but you like do the you do the setup wizard, and then you like. Go to settings, yeah, because they're like, oh, I made a mistake, yeah, and then you see that the profiles you have, yeah, and the first one that's listed there is personal, yeah. And you click on it, mm-hmm. and literally the first setting on that screen is a toggle switch labeled personal that you can turn on or off <laughs> under the word personal. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> like, I'm reasonably good at computers, mm-hmm. and this. <laughs> This is just utterly befuddling to me. <laughs> what am I turning on? And off? Yeah. Yourself.
4: You just blink yeah, out it's of existence.
0: Like, <laughs> and So like then you you like back off and you like open the next one and the next one's labeled work and you click into it and it says work at the top of the screen. And then there's a on off toggle <laughs> labeled work. Yeah. And it's like, am I can I turn them all on? Oh, if I turn fun. this one off, do I turn personal off? Yeah. I don't know. Like at the end of this can I just turn off my iPhone? (laughs) It's it's it's
5: called a work life balance.
0: (laughs) And I was like, I'm just not whatever. Like give me the do not disturb mode. And my choices are everything or nothing. And these gradations in between are not useful to me. And that is the opposite of what Apple wants you to do. They want you to create all these fine gradations. And I'm like, well, you know what I usually do is in meetings. I just turn my phone over (laughs) like <laughs> I just put it screen down. And I'm like, do not disturb. And that's the answer. It's
4: kind of a dick move on Apple's part because think of how long Apple has gone around removing customization. And I think especially of like Mac like Mac OS, back when I'm still thinking like upset about ten point three when they got rid of like, <laughs> text customization and like they've gone out of their way to be like no 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 like there's a general use case and that's the use case and like anything outside of that is like kind of weird and then here they're like now get customized and i'm like that's i want like rain meter on my computer i don't want like forty thousand personal versus workplace notification modes
0: I mean, again, I think part of this is, Apple is, they're focused on a vision of, Dieter has talked about this a million times, they are focused on a vision of simplicity that is not realistic. Yeah. Sometimes a way to make things simple is to actually make them, let them be complicated Yeah. so that you know what's happening as
3: opposed to trying to, I mean, this is like- I feel like they're doing that. They definitely let this be complicated. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a good end goal, like- there's there's away states away messages there's like there's a bunch of good ideas that I want to work and maybe they won't work maybe maybe this is like tiny computers or like the web is a app platform it's a thing that I want to exist that is fundamentally never going to get there because the execution is impossible but they definitely I definitely feel like they didn't nail the execution on this one
0: no I, what I mean specifically like I mean we're about to talk about Microsoft so this is like really a great this is great like they made clippy for notifications (laughs) right it's like it looks like you don't want to be disturbed and then it's in the background it's gonna mess with 50 settings yeah and you don't know how you got from one thing to another one and then you go and you're not onboarded again like that wizard isn't there again for you so you're like what do all these settings do and that's what i mean like the the interface is not teaching you what it does in that kind of complication yeah it's not making you smarter yeah It's just presenting endless options.
5: Yeah, it should learn. That's what it should do. Like it should learn your calendar entry for meetings and then not disturb you apart from a certain amount of context that you want to break through. It should learn that you dismiss that notification all the time. So just dismiss it and put it somewhere else. You know, all these things it needs to just do automatically.
3: Meanwhile, try and place an icon on the lower right hand uh, portion of your iPhone screen
5: not allowed see if <laughs> yeah. that can work computer says no but
0: to Dieter's earlier point most of the good stuff in ios 15 is not shift so share play isn't there yet find my support for airpods isn't yet, there yet this like universal control feature where you can just like slide your mouse back and forth between your ipad like not there yet
4: i'm so excited like all the stuff we're excited for
0: yeah it's funny because we have this whole article and we have all that stuff. And at the end, it's like also the app stores in app events feature is not there. And it's like, yeah, I don't.
4: Devastated.
5: Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, I don't know. Maybe focus on the other stuff, guys. Uh, last few Apple things. Dieter, I know you have feelings about this, but Tom, I want you as, as somebody who's personally left the European union.
5: <laughs> Sorry. <what?
0: laughs> I was the 50% that didn't want to. <laughs> Yeah, but now you live in that reality. The EU USB C mandate. So the EU mm-hmm. has not passed this yet, but they are well on their way to saying every device needs to be powered over USB C, no exceptions. Apple came out and said this will harm innovation, which is hilarious <laughs> because it's not like Apple's like innovating on lightning. And also, they are the reason for USB C, which is, it's like their fault, you know?
5: They have some pretty innovative uh, licensing (laughs) on on Lightning.
0: (laughs) It's just like very funny to me that they're like, this It's like, well, this connector's been the same. Also, you invented USB C. Like, they made it for that MacBook. And anyway, you, anyway, (laughs) they use the same connector for USB C and Thunderbolt. Like, that's your innovation is two different standards that require literally different cables that all use the same connector. It's your fault. But they seem very unhappy about it.
5: We could see one of, like, three things. We could see an iPhone with a lightning port and a USB-C port. Amazing. That's not going to happen. We could see an iPhone with a USB-C port or just an iPhone with no ports.
0: This is true. And there was a statement from um, the EU, one of the commissioners, who said, this does not affect wireless. There's still plenty of room for innovation in wireless.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, and it goes deeper than that. Like, so if you have a device that that can only be charged, or like just exclusively charges wirelessly, let's say like the Apple Watch, which also has a radio, so I think it is actually covered by this technically.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, then you don't. They're not going to f- uh, force manufacturers to then add, you know, USB C to it. Um, it's only it's only for devices that will be charged over a wired connection. So there's a massive like loophole there and i know everyone's gonna say yeah but wireless charging sucks and all this sort of stuff but it's it does but it's also progressing just the way that every technology does so like xiaomi has got like a phone that charges in 20 minutes like Mm -hmm. yeah a full charge um which i think is 80 watts so we're getting close and i'm sure that apple after air power and everything else i'm sure that they will have something a little bit later than the android competition as always <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they do go portless in the next sort of couple of years two three years so cuz this this has to this is a proposal it has to go through and then they have two years until they have to you know implement it so
4: is this the eu saying that usb c is endgame? game like is this the end of other charging ports
5: yeah they do say that if there's innovation in other ports then we'll obviously you know look at that and stuff but Obviously, that innovation has happened to USB-C. Even though USB-C is like a can of worms, isn't it? Like yeah. there's so many, there's no, there's not some single USB-C. So, um, but they, yeah, they, they they have caveats where
0: that sound you're hearing is Heimgartenberg wailing in despair. So <laughs> <if you're> just, <laughs> <laughs> what is that noise?
5: But yeah, the, the, the portless iPhone just seems, especially after I think it was a story about the Apple Watch uh, operating in some yeah. sort of dev mode over 60 hertz or something. Which sounds super interesting for like data transfers and stuff. So like, there's there's stuff going on. I I feel like a portless iPhone. The rumors have been there for like for what? Well, the rumors have been there since they basically got rid of the headphone jack, right? So yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, but then they also got rid of Johnny Ive. <laughs> like, like yeah. the, the products became much more like we are expecting a MacBook Pro with, with ports. ports. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that's true. There's a real push
3: and pull here. <laughs> Dieter I know you, you you I mean you tweeted I have many thoughts about this. So the this process I believe began in 2009 with them starting to look at it when micro USB was was the hot shit. So there is a little bit of do I actually think this is going to happen or is it going to take another 5 years of delay tactics from Apple.
4: Well they did mandate. Yeah, they, I mean they they forced everybody. There's a reason that we don't have 40,000. We just have 20,000 dongles in our our drawer.
3: Right, but Apple got away with shipping a adapter Right? there's yeah. There's like yeah. a loophole. Will there be, if, once we're all through this, another loophole? Uh, the other mixed feeling I have is, like, honestly, d- the particular shape of USB-C uh, might not hold up over time, right? Like, it, it might be better to go to the way that the lightning port works, where it's just like a hunk of metal with some, you know, contacts on the outside, and it's, like, it's much sturdier, stronger, and thinner. So... I like the idea of enforcing a standard, honestly. I, I, I just like the idea of Apple putting USB-C on an iPhone. Uh, I don't like the idea of—I'm a, a little bit sympathetic to Apple's argument about hampering innovation, just a little. Um, I'm not sympathetic to their environmental argument um, because, look, like people buy new phones and then eventually the, the port changes. Um, so like that's going to happen at one point or another, so whatever. So that's my two minds is— I do think that at some point we're going to want to change the shape of the USB-C port. And uh, will we be able to do that if there's this big mandate in the EU, question mark? I would prefer if Apple had just, like, done the right thing on the iPhone, but they didn't, and so here we are. This proposal does not have the the adapter carve-out. Correct. That's, that's, like, one of the reasons this is a big deal. Yet. <laughs> yeah, Apple hasn't begun lobbying.
5: Yeah, that comes later this year. So this proposal is strictly the port-on device. And then the charger section is later this year, they the that's the second proposal. I do appreciate the EU for uh doing stuff.
4: I mean they're like they they saved <laughs> all of us the first time they did this with, with the original like the stuff they did. Because I think they announced it like MWC in like two thousand nine. They're like, Yeah, we're gonna kill all of these stupid like extra port things and Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Like thank you. We appreciate it.
0: But it's just very funny that like right on the they did the right thing right before it became irrelevant. Yeah. For Tom. Apple's just gonna (laughs) take the ports off the (laughs) iPhone. Lastly, last two little things. One, I need to commend Zoe Schiffer for the best headline we published this week at The Verge. Uh, Tim Cook says employees who leak memos do not belong at Apple, according to leak memo. A classic in the genre. (laughs) Just like, yep, it's there are some greatest hits. Like sometimes you just you just play Don't Stop (laughs) Believing. You know, and this it's like that's what this headline is like if you write the memo about not leaking, the memo always gets leaked. Yep. I promise you. It's always doing an amazing job not covering Apple right now. And then lastly, this fight, I'm just gonna take my little victory lap. Apple won't let Fortnite back on iOS. Mm-hmm. And there's you know, Tim Sweeney's out there tweeting all the emails and whatever. But he's like, we'll put Fortnite back in iOS when you comply with the judge's orders to allow buttons and external links to alternative payment processors. There it is. It's, I'm telling you this is the fight. Everyone yelled at me. I get it. But they're going to end up back in front of that judge. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, what do you mean by buttons and links?
4: Yeah. I'm so excited. And
0: Apple's going to have to make some argument that buttons and links are the same thing.
3: Buttons and links are a thing on a computer. What's a computer, Apple? And then the whole case gets blown wide open.
0: Then the commercials come out. <laughs> She's done enough. What's a video game? In her life. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. <laughs> um, but that is, the, that is the heart of this fight right now. The judge said Apple is well within the rights to kick out Fortnite. They broke the contract. Apple has always said, we're willing to let you back if you play by the rules. Epic is saying, we're happy to comply by the rules. But here's this thing that you're not allowed to do anymore. And neither side is going to bend until this case gets all the way appealed or they get back in front of the judge. <clears throat> what I love most on the Roachcast is when we talk about the minutiae of legal orders. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We got to get into all this surface
2: stuff. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline.
6: Okay, we're back.
0: Tom, big Surface event, Panos, pumped. Mega pumped. Screens, folding, cameras improved. Walk us through it.
5: Yeah, so there was eight devices in total. An update to the Surface. So basically the the context for this is Microsoft has a bunch of new Surface devices for Windows 11. So they will drop in on October 5th. Um, And they also have an Android successor, you know, for the Surface Duo, the Surface Duo 2. So you've got the Surface Pro 8 which I think, I mean, I wrote before they sort of announced it, but this is the kind of one we've been waiting for for a few years. A kind of minor sort of redesign, but some really important uh, screen changes and internal changes, Thunderbolt, all that sort of stuff. So that was kind of expected. And then a really minor change to the Surface Pro X as a Wi-Fi model. So that was kind of like, okay, cool. (laughs) <laughs> that's happening uh then the surface go free again MIT changes uh, processor processor up, upgrades all that sort of stuff so yeah okay cool we're kind of expecting that as well um and then i guess the surprise um or not so surprise we were expecting a new surface book but it's the surface laptop studio so i don't think we were quite expecting that sort of name and like uh the way they did it but basically it's a complete redesign of the surface book so gone is the detachable display which i guess i I didn't like personally and I think everyone always sort of questioned who is it for I don't think the surface laptop studio necessarily has a good answer to who is it for either but the the actual design is essentially if you remember the the old like Acer Laptops where like the, the screen folds forwards or almost or like pulls forward um, or the HP Folio. Um, they've both done it. It's kind of that design. So it's not really like the unique sort of design that you would expect from a Surface device. I think that's kind of like where Microsoft really, you know, focused um, previously. It's always been very unique hinges and stuff. It is like a kind of unique hinge in that sense. But the actual overall design is, you know, it's, it's like one of those crazy Windows 8 laptops that we saw many years ago. Just looks a lot better and a bit more refined, but the actual device is very similar. And then obviously the Surface Duo 2, um, successor to the original. Bigger displays, obviously, triple camera system. The, like That's all good. The hardware's been upgraded, the processor, 5G support, all the sort of stuff that really should have been there, perhaps, um, or at least a more modern processor as well. Um, all that sort of stuff's good, but. I don't think it really matters. Like, it's the software, right? It's the experience of using that device and the software that matters. And from what I can tell, it hasn't been majorly upgraded or or fixed. It might be obviously a lot smoother. Um, But Dita can probably talk, talk more of that. But I still feel like that device is a little... It feels like you wouldn't buy it until it's the third version. So...
3: Yeah, I mean, let, let's just get do it out of the way real quick. I mean, there's there's a lot of little things, like there's the, the camera bump is, like, angled so that the thing can close over it, which is clever. The only software update that I think, I mean, smoothness or whatever, but they now default to assuming the right screen is the primary screen. So when you close it up, it, like, just shows the right screen. And that way, because before the accelerometer could never guess which screen you were supposed to look at, and it was always wrong. So they're just like, it's the right screen, problem solved.
5: You'd, like, flip, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. But I think a lot of the stuff is just going to have to be uh, answered by the review. You know, are the cameras any good? Is it actually as fast as you say? Is the bigger screen nicer? Uh, There is the peak display. I forget what they call it. You, like, see the notifications in the hinge. Clever.
5: Oh, the glance,
3: right? Yeah, but it's a very small amount of things you can fit in there. It shows, like, volume changing and whatever. um, But you can't really read it. You can, like, see two. There's two notifications, and the icon is yellow, so it's whatever app. Um, But they didn't make it tap to wake. You have to, like, hit the power button to see it or wait yeah. for the notification to come in.
5: What are you doing? <laughs> and by that anyway. point, you're, you're basically, you've got your phone. You're just going to look at yeah. the displays. Yeah. 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 So.
0: I think the, the question for me, because we've seen, you know, Microsoft and Google have taken some shots at each other recently around Chrome and yeah, Windows yeah. and preloading and all this stuff. Defaults. How much does Microsoft care about making an Android phone? Right. And I, the fact that they made another one indicates they care somewhat. But the first one is still only an Android 10. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, they just they made an announcement today about that, didn't they?
3: Oh, did they, they finally announce it?
4: They announced that Android 11 was coming.
3: I mean, that's like, but you have to.
4: Like, to who knows?
0: Year. Like, Android 12 is going to be out tomorrow. Yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they announced Android 11 is coming, but they didn't say anything about Android 12. They're just like, you know, yeah, we're we doing three years of updates.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think they care a lot about having... One pinky toe in the mobile device world. Yep. They need yeah. to care. They need to have a point of view. You know, Sacha Nadella will tell you all day long he loves his Surface Duo. Great. Maybe this, maybe they're just making this because the CEO likes
4: it. What does he use? Is that his daily driver?
0: I've literally been in events where he's like in the corner, like, and he, he, you're like, oh, what's Sacha using? And it's like a uh, Surface Duo. Like, I guess oh, he wow. doesn't care about taking photos of his children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like he's at events like he might, he, you know, there's like a yeah. theatrical element to it. Um, he gets in his
4: car and pulls out his iPhone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you would be surprised. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but
0: they need to keep trying at this.
5: Yeah. To, to your point about like Android and like how much do they care about having an Android phone? I think. That speaks to a broader point about Microsoft's relationship with Android at the moment. Like, they obviously said that Android apps are going to ship with Windows 11. We haven't even really seen that in preview. And I don't think it even really makes sense. Like, they, they've they've tried this thing of, like, bringing Android apps to their devices, and, and obviously the Surface Geo is, like, a, you know, it's Android, full full, full uh, fat Android. But, like, they have this weird relationship with it, where they, they obviously want the apps because Windows is lacking in apps. But, like, nobody wants android apps right like Mm -hmm. is there do you really need that on your pc like i think there's a place for android games on your pc but like not android apps so they definitely have a weird relationship there and i do question whether there will be a long-term commitment to this particular device um or whether they're just sort of like testing the waters somewhere but i mean there's a lot of serious hardware work that's gone into this device so I, I I don't know. Like
3: you can see it, you can feel it. It's like the glass is rounded, the edges are nicer. The magnets have little clacky things. You can still use the Surface Pen. Oh no, I
0: believe that Panos Panay and his team care a lot about making great hardware. Yeah, I've yeah. never like. There's no room for doubt with that dude about whether he thinks making cool hardware is cool. Yeah, it's the core of his personality in many ways do they care yeah. about making an android phone
5: yeah like is the end goal like if if, if they do get this android and uh, android apps on windows stuff working well which i mean who knows like the BlueStacks obviously you been doing it for like 10 years now right um yeah. and they, they've basically pivoted towards games because people just don't use apps so and and like is microsoft's plan to then use that as a way to then you know get their, their apps on windows and then transform this thing back into a Windows device. Like, I don't, <laughs> that sounds a bit wild, but like, I'm just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get where it all like ties in together. You know, like
3: I have the answer to all these questions. It said it costs
0: $1,500. Yeah. My, th- my theory, like I'm saying they need to keep trying. So they've yeah. made an improvement. They're keeping up. They're learning where they need to improve. We've spent too much time talking about this thing that no one's going to buy. We should talk about the thing that a lot of people are going to buy, which is the surface pro eight which yeah. seem, it seems like a, a long-awaited refinement. Dieter, you played with this one, too.
3: Yeah, it is It is exactly what you hope it is. It's, it's a Surface with slightly rounded edges and a bigger screen, a better screen, and Thunderbolt, and uh, an amazing keyboard.
5: <laughs> it's basically the Pro X, right, with a better keyboard, yep. a better display, yep. and a better processor, really, yep. inside.
3: Yes. Better camera uh, by a little bit, yeah.
4: Qualcomm's just, like, kicking dirt as they
5: watch this thing well qualcomm just doesn't have the chips ready does it for for like whatever the successor would be um which is coming kind to of something we were discussing the other day is like everything in this event was intel right with the yeah. obviously with the obvious exception the surface duo um but there was no amd there was no qualcomm like i mean there was the wi-fi only surface uh pro x but like when microsoft were Sort of like um, diversifying their their products to AMD and Qualcomm a couple of years ago. That was like a big deal for them because they you know they were upset with what happened with the Surface Pro Four and the Surface Book with Intel and Skylake. Like that 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 hurt <laughs> them. So um, so they wanted to diversify. But like I don't understand where that's gone now. Like I thought they had some special relationship with AMD because um, they certainly do on the export side. So I don't know why is there no AMD. Like that's that seems strange, they got to play both sides. Intel's got a new c e o
0: They want it, new Intel to be successful. I sort of, very supportive of Pat everyone likes Pat Pat, come on but, decoder but, if you're listening, Pat,
5: but when you put it side by side, like new surface devices just with Intel, and then there's a Windows eleven upgrade that kind of it it could easily work on older devices, but only seems to work on eighth Gen and newer. Mm-hmm. For some security reason that they haven't really properly explained, it's like Wintel's back, baby. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's what it feels like. Um, even though that that sounds a bit, you know, conspiracy free, but like it does. Yeah, I don't know. With the whole Windows eleven launch, is strange.
4: Does AMD really operating that well and that much in like the space that you like that the wattage and stuff that Intel is operating in? for something like the surface pro like is amd even in that space to that degree
5: yeah i guess i guess for the pro perhaps not but for the studio yeah
4: yeah yeah the studio it's like it feels a lot more glaring to be like that wimpy wimpy what is it the the 3050 ti yeah. yeah, but this yes. is like,
0: if you, Microsoft makes a product word studio in the name, you're like, ah, oh, they biffed it on the GPU. Like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's like You just prepare yourself. As soon as you see studio, you're like, oh, it's going to be a bad GPU. Actually,
3: I have an <laughs> yeah. open question about GPU stuff. Well, the screen. So it's 120 hertz display, parentheses, 60 hertz default. Someone explain that to me.
5: It's it's basically like promotion, essentially. It's it's their equivalent. So they're using something called I think it's called dynamic refresh rate is the, the official name of the the, which isn't the same as like what would happen on your PC because obviously that's fully powered. Like you'd have a 120 hertz display and that would just run 120 hertz all the time. You'd have the option to change it manually. Um, so what it will do is it'll run at 60 hertz for most stuff. You start scrolling, like touch scrolling, particularly 120 hertz. It ramps it up to uh, inking same 120 hertz um so i don't think i don't i haven't tested it because obviously we don't have the devices um but i don't think you can just be like i'm gonna go run games at 120 hertz because then i think that means you'd have to actually run the display at 120 hertz um and i'm not sure if you can do that
4: and this isn't like variable refresh rate either right like this is a totally different thing
5: it's totally it's slightly different because obviously variable refresh rate your your display is running at 120 and then you're matching the frame rate to to, to hit that. Um, So it's like, this is slightly different because it's actually ramping up the, the actual refresh rate of the display. Um, Okay. So rather than trying to match the frames. So, so it is, it is slightly different, Um, but I don't know whether you can do the same thing where you're like, you tell the display, I want you to run 120 Hertz. You know,
4: I was honestly getting a little like excited thinking of like conspiracies of like, Oh, is this Intel? Like kind of, doing their version of vrr on right, yeah like with an integrated graphics card like that's neat that's fun but sounds like no
5: no i don't think so but we have to test it once you can actually we, we can actually review them and stuff but yeah I, I don't think you're gonna be able to stick it straight in like 120 hertz mode and play games at like 120 hertz i don't think so but we'll see I don't
4: know. fingers crossed with a little yeah. port integrated GPU, would just be
5: crying though, if you're trying to do <laughs> yeah, 120 exactly. hertz. It's more interesting on the the, the studio.
4: Yeah,
0: let's well, we talk about the studio. Alex, one thing that occurs to me with all this is like Microsoft also knows that AMD can't make enough chips. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, they, like their Xbox team is like, don't, they don't, they can't do it. Like,
4: yeah, like, and they just call them like, don't do it, don't, don't get it out, get it out. us.
5: we need the chips, dude. Like, yeah. don't
4: <laughs>
0: talk
5: to Pat. <laughs> call and Pat.
4: AMD's probably. F- Fine with that.
5: Yeah, hopefully they've got like some a- AMD APUs hanging around for like some Xbox handheld or something to like compete with the Steam Deck or something. I don't know.
4: <laughs> I like this optimism, Tom.
5: <laughs> yeah. That's
0: where, that's where you got to be in this in this time. All right, Deter, I want to hear about the laptop studio which you got to play with, which is one of the most oddly, as Tom was saying, the basics of the design are familiar, mm-hmm. but then you look at this execution, yeah, and you're like, oh man, this is literally a laptop with levels. Love Behold it. the plinth. <laughs> it has a
3: base underneath. It looks like a Mac. Like, I'm sorry. It looks like a Mac. Like, yeah. I know that like everything that is going to be made out of aluminum with black keys and a screen is going to end up looking like a MacBook, and so it's a little bit unfair. But yeah, it looks a lot like a MacBook. And then underneath the MacBook part, there's another part, which is the the bottom part, which is the the you know the 360 fan rectangle. Yeah. It looks thing.
0: like a it looks like a MacBook until
3: it absolutely does not look like a MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> and I've I've just been I have taken to calling it the plinth, which is another word for pedestal. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. I I, I don't know if this is going to be one of those things that turns out to be iconic. Like, oh yeah, this looks weird now, but in two years it'll be like, oh yeah, no, that, that's actually cool. It's like part of the, the ethos of the thing and we we've accepted it. I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm still in the denial and a little bit of the anger stage. We'll get to acceptance later.
5: You know what it looks like? It looks like, you know you know those air conditioning units that are like integrated <laughs> into the ceilings <laughs> of restaurants? It looks like they've like slapped one of those on the bottom.
0: <laughs> I mean, Alex, to your questions about like what, Intel, like thermal envelopes, <laughs> These, <are> like, yeah. <laughs> this thing looks like what you need when you don't have an arm strategy for your
3: computers. <laughs> There's an honesty to it. It's, it's like honest and dishonest at the same time. It's honest yeah. like screw it. We made it thick and we put big fans on the bottom. And then it's dishonest because they, didn't, they, didn't, they don't let you see that it's thick when you look at it. It's like floating. So uh, to be fair, Intel
0: laptops, Apple's included, have fans in them. Mm-hmm. Apple's yeah. M1, lap, like the MacBook Pro M1 is faster than the Air only by dint of having a fan. Right. They can just right. run the processor hotter and then turn on a fan and blow air over it and keep running it hot. <laughs> Fine. What is super interesting to me about this is, like, part of the design of this thing prevents it from hiding the fan, right? So you say it looks yeah. like a MacBook Pro. Like, I have a 16-inch MacBook Pro with an Intel processor. that I'm in at least one Google Meet meeting a week. Yeah. The fan comes on, and the fans are oriented at the screen. So right. right where the hinge is, is the exhaust for the fan.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: And the mic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> this, you can't quite do that with this.
3: I mean, the air blows out the sides. Um, and they, they specifically designed the internals of it so that the heat stays away from the palm rests. Okay. Um, and beyond that, we need to review it to tell you more about how it performs under load. Yeah, I'm just saying that the, because they picked a, des- a,
0: a very familiar design but changed the hinge they can't vent the fans the way that the MacBook Pro vents the fans so they ended up with this
4: plinth or even can the Surface cuz the the Surface laptop also vents out the back doesn't it
0: yeah but uh. the easiest way to vent the Surface laptop is just take the screen off
6: <laughs> the new one yeah
0: <laughs> i think this thing is utterly fascinating i is the Surface the the Surface book is gone
5: right well yeah i mean they called it the successor so yeah it's, it's gone. So yeah. the interesting thing though, is the surface book had all the components in the screen. Yeah. And now that's been flipped to the bottom. So it's like a, that, that was one of the things with the surface book. It was always a bit top heavy and a bit wobbly on yeah. the, on the screen um, because it obviously had a lot of the components up there. So it's, it's interesting that they've put that down the bottom, like, you know where it should be.
0: That's what oh, you know. Alex, I just got this wrong. You were talking about the service laptop and I was thinking
4: of the Surface book.
5: Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I apologize. All right. We'll see. Uh,
0: Dieter, like, did you walk away in love? I mean, you are the person that I trust to impulse buy Microsoft <laughs> Surface products faster than anyone else. Uh-huh. Like who do I know who bought a Surface Pro X? Dieter Bone.
3: Yeah, I did. <laughs> yep. W-
0: which one of these are
3: you going to impulse buy? <laughs> Ay, man. I mean, look, it's, it's going to be the pro eight because it's like, it's, it's the thing. It's the, the thing that I know will do the things that I want. And it's very good. I hope like we'll review it, but it doesn't look like they screwed anything up. And I really like the keyboard. Um, my big question with the laptop studio is uh, the same question as this, this is why it's a surface book competitor because the question of who did they make this for is like creators and 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 coders and youtubers right i guess and people who draw
4: well this is like part of microsoft just has a, an obsession with the 2 in 1 right like every single thing they do is about kind of the 2 in 1 and you know they they say they say they like okay we aspire to like apple's customers on this thing but They've always just really seemed to be like, we want to see how we can make like a perfect two-in-one. And we're going to try it in all these different ways. And we're going to make a really, really skinny one that's underpowered. And we're going to make this really, really wobbly one that's like top-heavy but has a cool hinge. And we're going to make this like and we're going to we're going to make the surface pro which is effectively like the best thing they've done so far and this like addresses a lot of the concerns people have about the surface pro mainly like you've got to pay extra for a keyboard you've got to then like worry about the keyboard falling off or something although i haven't had that happen in years and, like this kind of addresses all of that and gives you more ports and more power which you're never going to get from a surface pro like so i i like it just feels like them like taking a big hit and being like let's like just go max out what a 2 in 1 can do and also we're really good at hinges so like let's hinge it up
5: <laughs> yeah and, and and like the way that i always saw like the surface book going and and differentiating differentiation between that and the surface pros the, the surface pros thin and light and you know it's powerful enough to to do what you need to do but the surface book was always supposed to be this monster powerful macbook pro competitor um sort of thing but it, ne- it never really quite was it was and then you know they, it got leapfrogged and then it's now the surface labs studio and that's in the same sort of like territory essentially because mm. it, it shipped with this uh, thirty fifty ti gpu if they just made it 3060 or a 3070 or 3080. like then it would be like a gaming laptop and then it has like another more useful you know thing for people to buy it for but but it's just like they skimped on the gpu and it's just strange like why don't they just go all in and make like a super powerful laptop why does it have to have the flipping display and
3: because then they'd have to update it every six months to a year like, they, they would have to keep up. You can't, you can't have the thing be out of date. And so if they, if they commit to making a gaming laptop, they can't stop. They can't,
5: like, take a break. Yeah, that's true.
4: They just wanted a little nap, a little rest.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like they, they did the Surface laptop, and that was, like, the most sort of normal Surface they've done, right? So, but they, they've never done, like, a fully powerful Surface laptop.
4: Well, they only did the Surface laptop because everybody kept saying, we want a Surface product, but not all of these weird, like, gimmicks. We just want a laptop yeah. from Microsoft. So they did it. And and this is them saying, okay, no, but we got to do the gimmick, guys, because, like, that's the whole thing of the Surface brand <laughs> is, like, it's a cool, like, the cool gimmick. Well, no, I mean,
0: the, the the reason they made it, and Panos has been on this show to tell us about it before, is they want to make sure that there are premium Windows products in all the categories Nobody else says two-in-ones. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, there are endless, infinite $300 15-inch Windows laptops to buy, but they, they want to make sure Windows is still premium. And the second you go towards ultra-powered gaming laptop, there's lot there's lots of premium stuff. Like, Razer is happy to tell you that it makes premium laptops. But in this, like, middle zone, there's not a lot of innovation from the other makers. It It is all just copies of stuff microsoft has already done which they're happy to distribute they they hand off their engineering or it's bad executions of ideas that microsoft is like well actually here's how to do flippy flippy screens we're very sorry Lenovo, you didn't do a good job
4: (laughs) (laughs) i get kind of excited looking at this thing thinking about like we keep talking about how Apple may one day merge iOS or you know iPad OS and mac os or or give us those touch features. And like if they're gonna do that, something maybe absent the plinth, something like this is probably more likely what we're gonna see from them in like a touch based MacBook Pro. And it's like like I look at the thing, and I'm like, okay, Microsoft like managed to make it not janky. like, Acer and 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 HP did. They it looks really cool. I'm 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 honestly like stoked about this thing. It just looks neat. It looks fun.
3: Alex, I just I don't know why you're praising this thing so much. You don't need to put it
5: on a pedestal. It does it on its own. <laughs> it's got its
4: own it brought it. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I'm still just a bit confused by it. I don't know. Yeah.
4: It's yeah. baffling but like delightful baffling.
0: Yes, more tech companies should make utterly baffling products. <laughs>
4: Right? Apple's
0: like we're the dominant player. Like it's uh, it's got slightly a slightly better iPhone. We added more five G bands. Like whatever. <laughs> no, baffle and confuse your customers. Put a plinth on it.
5: It's like it's it's des- it's designed for like this handful of people who are like I don't know. They they they're drawing. They. are Maybe gaming. They're just using a laptop normally. They're an architect. I don't, like they, they, they do jazz, all these crazy man. things.
4: These are these are the people that PR invents when like when two in ones first became a big thing. Anytime you talk to PR, they'd be like, "Oh, you know how you're always like drawing and wishing you could draw better on your laptop?" And I'm like, "No, that is." They're like, "Yeah, you're an artist." I'm like, "I am not." Yeah.
5: Microsoft spent like two years circling things in commercials. On the yes, no, I'm saying. Alex
0: was not here during the most important Verge story of all, which is Microsoft can't stop circling things.
4: <laughs> They're
5: obsessed. That was a classic.
0: No, look, this is a computer for architects who are YouTubers. A uh, large and growing market. Uh, the, honestly, I don't know how Apple's going to survive unless it directly makes a product for that. Please, Apple, YouTuber. get on it. All right, we've we've dunked on this thing enough. We're gonna get it. We're gonna review all this stuff soon, and then Dieter is gonna buy a service. Go three. <sighs> That's just
5: my prediction. <laughs> how this all ends. and a pro rate. Right?
0: Yeah. Okay. There's other little stuff going on, um, but the, actually, the story I do want to call out, which I mentioned at the top of show, Monica Chin wrote a story this week about kids these days, college students who are in classes like astrophysics, even some programming classes who because they grew up without file systems are like not ready to encounter file systems in their college classes. And it's like, it's not their fault. They grew up with file systems. They were just hidden from them. Right. If they grew up with Chromebooks and iPhones, mm-hmm. two platforms that absolutely abstract the file system away from you. And it is just a wild story. I will tell you this story passes no moral judgment at all. Like, <laughs> We None. we absolutely no. tried to just be like, "Here's what it's like in college right now. Here's what the professors are telling us. Here's what the students are telling us." And the reaction to the story is an enormous tidal wave of moral judgment. <laughs> uh, but I highly recommend reading it. It's super fascinating. It is like the vergiest verge story we've ever done because it is literally about what mental model you have for how things on computers are stored and i like mine is still files and folders it's just how i came up and that is not the mental model that a lot of people share and like you got to meet people where they are i will say the one tweet cuz everyone's tweeting like oh this made me feel old and i was like i don't feel old like whatever i search for everything too the one that made me feel old was somebody quote tweeted me and was like this made me feel old i didn't even get a smartphone until high school
3: And I was like,
0: Like, "I I didn't get Wi-Fi until I was 23." (laughs) 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 Oh, I'm ancient.
4: (laughs) You just took your metamucil after reading it. It's like, oh man!
0: Like I was like laughing at all the people who are like feeling old. I saw that one. I was like, "Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, the iPhone came out when I was almost 30." (laughs) (laughs) whoops (laughs) <laughs> whoops <laughs> anyhow go read that story Monica did she's done actually a number of incredible stories about the intersection of technology in education and this is just one of my favorites okay that's it you can tweet at us we'd love to hear from you Tom is Tom Warren Alex is Alex H. Kranz Teeter is Backlone. I'm at Reckless Decoder exists. It's the other podcast we make. Uh, <laughs> this week we had the CEO of an app called fuck you pay me, which is just yeah. a great name for an app, which by the way is a good reference. I understand there's a very famous talk by Mike Montier, which is great. And you should go watch it. It's like 10 years old. It is very famous, but that actual phrase is from good and you can go watch good too, which is also good. It's funny. Cause you know, the last episode of decoder, was all about owning the building blocks of ideas in music. Right. And now there's like, Anyway, Lindsay's great. Go listen to it. It's an app that's Glassdoor for influencers. It's like very interesting. Next week on Decoder, we're going to run... I'm on st- the Code Conferences next week. I'm interviewing the CEO of Waymo, the co-CEO of Waymo at Code Conference, Takedra Malakana. So that's going to run in Decoder next week. We, we've actually got pretty good Decoder lineup coming up. We're also running uh, Ashley's AI series in the Vergecast feed. Last week was AI and video. Next week is... It's it's here. It's the GPT three episode.
3: Yay! It's
0: gonna be nuts. And then Dieter's got some fun vergecast stuff coming up too. That's true. Rock and roll. Get the shot.
5: E U S B C.
1: It's a serious time saver. Whatever you do for work, Canva presentations can give you a head start on your deck. You can generate sales presentations, marketing decks, HR onboarding plans, you name it. Finish your deck faster. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at Canva.com. Designed for work. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise Flagship Fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months.